Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. I'm Nick the Human. Welcome to episode 90. 90. A new decade of the show. We just, so I don't know what our posting schedule is going to be like, but I'm assuming we just posted a lot of episodes in quick succession. Yeah, <laughs> which is rad because we haven't done that in a while. We haven't done two, two in a week in like a long time. Yeah. But it's cool. Let's We're getting on it. I hope you're enjoying uh, the bountiful amounts of content. Uh, we have big plans for episode 100. It has yeah. to happen in mid-October. Yeah. We have to get to 100 by that time because we always have a special Halloween episode. Yes. All of November is special because that's B-Movember. Yes. And then we have another special thing planned for December, which yeah. we'll talk about when we get there. Yeah, which I can't even remember what it is at this point. I'm forgetting. <laughs> um, and and uh, yeah, so we gotta we gotta get it done. I'm so we're trying to move fast. What I'm glad about is that we just got two podcast episodes off of one episode of the show <laughs> because I do not want us churning and burning through the show. But uh, I do also realize we need to we need to get there. So I but I think we're we're, we're making good time and maybe we'll. We'll we'll figure this out, but it's good. I'm hoping you guys are enjoying it. I gotta say, I'm I'm having a lot of fun doing it. I, it's not like we had it. It's not like we ever took a break. I was looking at our posting schedule. We didn't really take a break on the sh- on the show, but it feels like now we're just like getting back into it for some reason. Like the last couple days have been like, oh yeah, like we're 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 re-entering it. I mean, maybe like maybe like when because both of our lives were so crazy, it's like something that we just you just do and then it's gone and you're kind of like okay i i kept that ball in the air and now it feels like more like we're like doing it i don't yeah, know there was a weird week or two in there because we had recorded an episode and then i didn't have time to edit it for so long so we were sitting in limbo i guess for yeah. like 10 days yeah that's all good i'm i'm glad i was thinking about it last night i was walking home i was like i'm glad that we're doing this podcast it brings joy to my life i was thinking about it i was like if i were to construct my life bottom up without constraints of time and work doing a podcast would be something that it was built into that ideal life structure so then to be doing it um consistently and have it actually be a part of my lived life feels good does that make sense (laughs) yes i got distracted while i was saying that i I thought i I heard like a weird noise like someone banging on the window (laughs) i know (laughs) um yeah man um do you want to just talk about the episode sure yeah we don't we don't need to screw around that much not all the time but sometimes like two episodes ago was mostly a screw around. Yeah, okay. Here we go. Episode discussion. Okay, season four, episode 16, Burning Low. Yes, we're going back into a Flame Princess era episode where Finn is is courting Flame Princess. And a lot of this episode really focuses on the early stages of their relationship where they're at Jake would say call phase one tier one tier one sorry it's a tier system not a phase system yeah it's a tier system um don't do tier 15 don't do tier 15 so yeah apparently there's 15 tiers to a relationship as Jake 
explains to Finn. <laughs> and yeah, you know, getting to know him. I think kissing is when you get to tier two. Smoochin. Smoochin is tier two. And then he he lays out some other ones that become increasingly specific to Lady Rainicorn. <laughs> yeah. One of which I found really weird. I forget if it was like tier 10 or something. You can where, touch her horn. The touch, touch her horn was like tier 13 or, or 15. He, I think, did he say you um exploring 10 to 15 feet of her beautiful stomach? Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm guessing that meant he, that meant outside of her stomach like going along her because she's so long but it sounds really disgustingly graphic to me you know what i mean like i don't know i don't need to go any further but it's pretty gross um or just like a graphic sexual term you you get what i'm saying and then touching her horn is also sexual and then that's tier 14 and finn's like well what's tier 15 he's like do not do tier 15 man don't do it question though if touching her horn is tier 14 15 would would that be having kids or getting married i guess unless that's afterwards like i don't know what kind of level of commitment touching a horn is yeah i don't do they have kids at this point they must right what do we see their kids jake's kids birthed yeah season four i think i think they're around right i think it happens pretty early i thought so too jake the dad okay he has the kids in season five, episode six, Jake the Dad. Oh, okay. So not yet. Not yet. But that definitely felt to me a bit like, <laughs> don't have kids, man. Um, it is interesting, you know, the episode opens and Finn is on the date with Flame Princess and Jake's there. He's like their chaperone. Yeah. Because they're still pretty young. Mm-hmm. Uh which is which is funny. Yeah, that's the, the dynamic that seems to be there. Mm-hmm. The older brother character yeah. making sure that they go good and give him advice. And they're having fun and Finn is going to give Flame Princess a hug, which is always on the table of like the physicality of this relationship just doesn't even seem plausible <laughs> in any sort, you know? It's like, yeah. how is this ever going to work? Like, which is interesting to me that Finn goes ahead and is like, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, there's there's a little point where there's some fire on the ground and it's it's like right by Finn's foot and it's like kind of burning him, but it's not too bad. And he's like, yeah, this, this actually isn't that bad anymore. Like he's getting used to it, but then his entire leg catches fire and then it's bad news and he has to jump in the lake. Yeah, and he gets out um, and then... Then And when he's in the lake, it's a pretty funny thing because, first of all, in the lake, after our last episode, Finn's not afraid of lakes, so it's really fun seeing him swim so elegantly in water. Yeah. Um, he, <laughs> Flint is like, do that thing I like, <laughs> which is like shooting water out through his teeth, um, which is really funny. It's like, okay, they have things now. Like that is, that, that like they're coming, they're getting there. Yeah, there's. It seems like there's a significant chunk of their relationship that's progressed off screen. Mm-hmm. That we're we're dropping into it 
a little bit like and they've figured some things out but they're it's still pretty new still pretty new and when it comes out they want to hug and they're about to and jake is like hold on hold on and he saran wraps finn to protect him so he can go and hug and but his arms are completely inside of the saran wrap he looks basically like he's inside of a burrito and then she can hug him which i was curious if like he was gonna cook inside (laughs) right i thought about that too yeah, but it doesn't seem to happen. They walk away, and he, he and it's 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 cute. It's like it feels like a very teenager early date that they're on. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that he go that they're really going along with this relationship. and They want to make it work. In my, I don't know how you are in relationships, Eric. In my experience, if if I do, you know, not all the time, but I've definitely had some ones where if if it's clearly not going to work, like, <laughs> and it can't couldn't be more clear in there situation because they can't even touch each other so it's like this can't work i I typically go like i don't think i even want to like entertain this or go down the rabbit hole you know what i mean and oh go down the rabbit hole oh down the rabbit hole (laughs) so that's a that's something that we say a lot, but do you know what I'm saying, Eric, where I'm like, if, if this relationship, like I can see there's a huge hurdle, we won't be able to come over, like such as not being able to touch each other. I think I would be like, she seems cool. I'm not even going to try to date her. Uh, but Finn's like, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Obviously I've, I've definitely had some where you're, you're on the fence. You're like, Oh, I think that might be an issue, but you're like, fuck it. I'm doing it anyway. And I get that energy, but this just seems like such a colossal thing to have to overcome. Yeah, I guess in Finn's life, Finn the human, a hero of Ooh, this is just one crazy thing that's not unlike every other crazy thing he has to do. Right. So it's probably not as big a deal in his. He also has no frame of reference. There are no other humans for him to date. So, right. Uh, there's going to be a problem with anyone he dates. Yeah, there's. Yeah. His perspective is just so impossible to relate to in this situation. Yeah. So it probably doesn't seem that weird to him. No. <laughs> All right, cool. That that, that makes sense. <laughs> and yeah, and they go home and they go home and Princess Bubblegum is just in the treehouse taking their treasure. Oh my God. I love this. <laughs> this made me so happy. Princess Bubblegum is just burglarizing their <laughs> their treehouse. And, and they're like, what are you doing? She says, collecting taxes. <laughs> She's just shoving gold into a sack. <laughs> yeah. Just fucking robbing them blind. <laughs> really seem, inappropriate. Yeah, they don't seem to mind, but... <laughs> no. Well, isn't that kind of the thing they have that whole... The whole downstairs is just this unmiscellaneous mess of treasure that they've accumulated over the years. They don't even know how much is there. Yeah. It's kind of like, just use it when you need it. (laughs) Collecting taxes. So funny. Um, and then she, Finn goes away from her quickly because he's still getting over the not, she's not going to be in right. That was in the end of season three or something. Yeah. Oh, he needs to go jump in the shower because he smells bad. Because he smells bad. But he also doesn't want to be around her too, just because it's like he he's still getting over her. Like that was only like a not that many episodes before where that that final break. Yeah, that was the season three finale. finale. Yeah. yeah. So he's like there, and um, Princess Bubblegum starts to explain why they can't be together because Jake tells her, uh, 
and she starts to explain why they can't be together. Um, but as she does, Jake falls asleep while standing up and goes into a dream. Right. She's got some like crazy scientific explanation that she's got a charts. Yeah. Like, all she, sorts she, of- she walks in. She has a crystal. That's like a that's like a pyramid. And she puts it on the floor and then it projects up a giant computer screen with windows she can move around. It's really fucking cool. But it's it's really boring if you're a stretchy dog. Yeah. And and Finn just walks out while she's talking and goes to hang out with her and he just falls asleep. And the dream he has is is pretty amazing. He's like in some sort of ruins, and in front of him is my beloved tree trunks, and then two other characters. Who was it? There was a giraffe. Yeah, I thought so. Someone else. And someone else, and they go, You're the new president. Jake and he goes all right and then he just starts swaying back side to side and they all do I guess it's because Princess Bubblegum is actually swaying him side to side Uh, and he wakes up and she's like so you understand why you can't be together he goes I got it thinking that it's a jealousy thing on PB's part yeah they um, they do a really good job throughout the entire episode of writing all of Princess Bubblegum's dialogue in a way that's like very double entendre like if you know the whole history between her and finn and like it it really makes it seem like they they hide it very well what they're actually talking about Mm -hmm. only uh knowing in advance how it's actually going to turn out yeah like am i able to like zone in on like wow that's it's cool that she said it that particular way in that particular turn of phrase that it could be interpreted either way Right. I will say, though, they definitely seem to give her a couple moments where it's not just logically why they can't be together, but a little emotion. Like, I think she's a little bummed to not be getting the attention from Finn or not well, being around. Like, there, there's a little bit of that still in there. I don't I don't think it's that much at all. Um, and the the reasoning behind a lot of like the emotional fervor in her uh in her argument for this is is not even fully revealed until uh much later in the series because like she does say that that's why she had flame king in prison uh flame princess like yeah. it was Pr- princess bubblegum's idea to do it but there's all this other further backstory that pb knew all this stuff about flame princess and how she was unstable and she had been like controlling her life and like spying on the uh, the whole flame kingdom. Like I forget what episode that is, but like when they uncover like her whole plot to like surveil everything that was going on in the, in the flame kingdom and everyone gets super fucking mad at PB because of it. Um, like she had her, her hands in this situation, like for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's like really invested in this, this whole thing. Um, so where it seems like she's getting, like actually jealous and emotionally perturbed by the whole situation. Uh, I think it's really just because it runs logistically deeper than we realized at this point in the series. Yeah, That's fair. They all, that is true. I will say they are, they immediately lead you though, down the path of thinking this, but the title card, which is PB, it's a very dramatic thing, but the title card is literally her with a, bunch of photos of Finn and she's crying and that's so that's like the first thing you or I you see when you're uh like here it is um 
See, it's like Leary looks like she's crying over Finn. So they, they yeah, they're kind of in, implanting that in your mind. Um, yeah. So I, you know, and it's, it's hard to tell too, just by the way she talked, which is so like, uh, approachable and colloquial that sometimes it's like, is she being clinical about her plan or is it emotional? It's like, yeah. But if, if, if I, I hear what you're saying, even if it is emotional, it's indicative of this like far larger plan, uh, that has bigger implications for the entire place of it and not just with Finn. So I, I see that. Yeah. I, I like the conversation that they have uh, where she talks specifically about like you have to make sacrifices uh, to, you know, to be responsible or whatever. And you're my hero and I need you like. Yeah. And it's it's interpreted like the reason she couldn't be with Finn is because she's busy ruling. Like, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's what Finn thinks. Yeah, that's what Finn thinks. And you might think. Uh, if you're a casual viewer yeah. or... Yeah. But she is pleading Finn to sacrifice his his relationship to be a hero. Yeah. Well, no. Well, I, I guess... I, well, yes. She's clearly asking Finn to sacrifice... If you're going to be a hero, you have to sacrifice your relationship for, for the greater good. And she's saying, I know about it because she's... she. It's kind of like she had to do it. Probably her and Marceline is kind of what she's maybe hinting at in terms of the example from her own life. Yeah. But at this point, you might think that she's referencing, again, the double entendre, her and Finn, like, or, you know what I mean? Like, you might be like, hey, she's still into it, but I can't because I'm the ruler or whatever. Yeah. It's, it could uh, inter- like, you could interpret it that way if you weren't reading deeper. If you don't know the full context and, like, the reveal at the end of the episode, it's it would be so difficult to read that any other way than how Finn takes it. Yeah. You know, but I think that they're, I still kind of like taking it that way because I think that is like a, another complex human emotion that isn't explored that much in, in art or TV shows regularly, especially kids shows. But I think is something that people have where it's like, it's, it's, it's hard one to like even describe or talk about and not sound like a dick, but I feel like this happens in life sometimes and in different people's lives where someone's interested in you and you're not interested in them back, but they are still giving you positive attention and maybe you like being friends with them. So you, you cut the arrangement kind of works for you. And the moment they like find a a partner or whatever, it's not there anymore. And you kind of miss it. Um, do, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? Like I've seen this happen in social dynamics. I think I've been on like throughout my life, probably both ends of it where I'm like trying to, you know, be a romantic partner to somebody or like, you know, pursue it. And they're not into me that way, but they do like me and they're cool to have me around and maybe I'm giving them positive or they're just being cool about it. But I've also had like girls kind of do that to me and I'm like, I like you. You're cool. Like keep hanging out. But then, you know what I mean? Like, it's like a it's like a weird gray area of human relationship murk that uh, Princess Bubblegum could find herself in in this episode. Yeah. So I didn't remember it, but this was the episode with the sort of iconic Finn blow up. Like, Mm. you keep building me up 
and I'm done with it. I'm over it. Like that, you know, yeah. Uh, that whole speech. And I, I guess I didn't remember the full context, but it, it was sort of clear no matter how you're viewing that, that like that Finn blow up monologue thing. Um, that princess bubblegum is not 100% intentional in, in leading Finn on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I did not remember how how much it was based on a specific miscommunication that is the basis for this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, miscommunication. But I but the thing is, is that I think there's culpability in Princess Bubble. Like I don't think she's Bubblegum is fully in the clear morally. Like she shouldn't be going around being like. I need you as my hero and like playing with his emotions like that for her benefit of what she wants, which is for him to not, she's trying to get him. She, she wants something from Finn, which is for him to stop seeing flame princess and her tactics converge on playing with his emotions slightly. And, and that's why I think he's saying like, you're pumping me up. Um, I can't take it. And Finn's making it cause he thinks it's this whole jealous thing. And now what, even though he's not taking it right because it is a miscommunication, that's not she's not interested in him romantically. She just wants him to do something. I think her tactics are still playing with his emotion, and she clearly does still like Finn, still likes their relationship, and is getting something from it emotionally as well. But it's really hard for Finn, and that's a another like gray murky area where she's like, "I like Finn. I, you know, you know what I mean. Like, I want to be with him, but like." it's painful for Finn because he's interested in her romantically. And it's like, what do you do in that situation? A lot of times is give somebody space. And that is not what princess bubblegum is doing at all. Yeah. It's, it does seem like she feels really bad that Finn can't be in a relationship with the person he wants to be. Mm-hmm. But that sort of general thought doesn't, it doesn't go any further than that with her. Like she doesn't, she doesn't think about that specifically like, oh, this has this had already happened to Finn with me. Like, yeah. like she feels bad, like she's telling him not to date Flame Princess. But she doesn't get that he had already gone through this whole thing where he couldn't date her. Yeah. Totally. And but and I also I I think she, I just think she's being a little bit emotionally insensitive too with the language and the way she's communicating with right yeah and this this is where uh i think a big part of um, miscommunication is coming through she's trying to relate to finn she's trying to let him know that she feels bad for the situation but it's coming across like she completely ignored the whole situation with with the two of them yeah um like she wants to convey some sort of emotional like core to her to her argument um she's she's, and in doing so she's ignoring like everything that led up to it. Yeah. She's, she's, she's trying to connect with him emotionally while sort of just ignoring his emotions. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and that's, and that's kind of the insensitive part where it's like, it's really just about everything she wants and needs from Finn and is not taking any of like Finn truly into consideration. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's kind of how PB operates for a long time in the series. Yeah. Um, the dysfunction in her relationship with Marceline isn't quite specifically the same mm-hmm. as, as these issues that are going on with Finn, but yeah, 
uh, I mean, similar enough in in plenty of ways. Yeah. When we watch Obsidian, it really <laughs> it really gets into that. Yeah, we'll see. But it is interesting. I mean, th- this whole area really deals with sort of the unevenness of relationships. I feel like especially in your teenage, early 20s years as you're like rapidly meeting new people and traversing social situations, it, it, things become, you have like lopsided friendships and and relationships and and someone's your friend, you know what I mean? Like you're friends with somebody and, but you like, are like, oh man, this person rules. The other person's friends with you, but maybe you're not, like cool enough and then they're going to like create distance or they're not as much friends. It's like, it's it's one of the interesting things of growing up, which is just like the inadequacies of relationships sometimes. I mean, I guess that happens your whole life, but uh, it's, I don't know. That's just an interesting thing I haven't really thought about recently or seen much in art. Yeah. It's also weird because PB is simultaneously 18 years old and a thousand years old. Yeah. And she portrays characteristics of both of those. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that definitely age just can't be denied. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but she eventually she, she gets through, she comes in to speak to Jake um, and it explains that if this happens, it's like, it's not, jealous love triangle thing she's an unstable element that's why she was locked up uh because she told the father to do it flame king and that if she experiences like a really heightened emotion or serious romance like if finn kisses her she'll like become like a beam of light basically and just go straight to the earth's core and could like structurally damage the whole planet yeah this is like a real serious reveal and it it feels strange because on one hand it makes so much sense. It's like, of course there was some sort of scientific ulterior motive for PB like acting this way the whole yeah. episode. But of, of course it's because of this. Why, why would she have been so weirdly emotional and jealous? Like that doesn't fit with her character at all. Of course. But then on the other hand, it feels really sudden and jarring and bad and like, Oh, she really didn't care about Finn this entire episode and like was jerking him around a lot. And it's, it's, uh, I, I wish I could remember the, how I took this the first time I saw this episode. Mm-hmm. That I, I think it's a kind of a jarring reveal. And like, I do too. As, as far as like a plot twist in an 11 minute episode, I think it's pretty serious. It's like as serious as, as the show gets, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And then they they go to the spot where Finn helped Flame Princess make a new uh, home for herself, which is just like a always burning fire. <laughs> uh, and that's where their date's happening. And basically, they're about to kiss. They try to stop him, and they do kiss. And Flame Princess becomes the beam of light and shoots way far down into. And uh, and Finn, even though he's a little burned up, is like they're they try to like save him. Uh, Jake and Princess Bubblegum. And Finn takes Jake's arm, throws it around him like a sling or a bungee cord or a rope or whatever, and then goes into there to get uh, Flame Princess. Which again, I'm like, what are you going to do if you get down there, buddy? You can't grab a flame and bring her up. Uh, yeah. Or so I thought. <laughs> uh, it was interesting. And then, but then Jake ends up, he's really big and ends up covering the hole. 
And, uh, and Principal Falcon's like, this is good if runs out of oxygen, she'll go out. Which again is just like insanely callous. Basically, basically she's just sort of like, I wish I could kill Flame Princess. Like there's just <laughs> too much at stake here. <laughs> yeah. Like if she dies, that would actually be good right now. Um, and then Jake, and but then Finn actually, she's she's out, she's all blue, like cinnamon bun or something. And then he puts oxygen into her. She comes back to life, and then they get taken out and end up being okay. He's burned to shit. Uh, but that's kind of how it ends. And then they they each kiss a rock and then pass the other one and kiss that. It's almost like, okay, we can't kiss anymore. So there will be an intermediary. It's this rock. It's so awkward. Yeah. And then Jake's like, looks at Prince Bum and goes, you're jealous. And she's like, shut up. <laughs> um, which is which is funny. And that's basically how it ends. It's a very interesting episode. Um any other parts that you wanted to bring up? I mean, we didn't talk about, I mean, one of the most iconic enduring things in adventure time, internet history happens in the episode. Oh yeah. I forgot that this was, this was it. Yeah. Is this really, it happens in a couple episodes, but was this the original? I think this is the making baking pancakes. Yeah. This is the one I always see. I just saw it yesterday again, <laughs> like reposted. I'm, we're going to have to post it. Making bacon pancakes. Yeah. Um, How many episodes does it happen in? I can tell you right here. It's got its own page We've, online. It happens in Is That You? Mm-hmm. When Jake does his little greatest hits. This is the first one. Is That You? And then also in Checkmate. Which one's Checkmate? Episode Season 7, episode 12. Marceline's arch, en- uh, arch enemy visits and makes an odd proposal right before the battle. Huh. Vampire King. Oh, was this the end of the Stakes miniseries? It doesn't look like it. Oh, yeah, it is. Seventh part of Stakes. Yep. But this is, I mean, this is the iconic one. Yeah, there was, uh, and for no reason, making bacon pancakes. It just happens. There's so much random bullshit. Like, BMO says, you have your video call coming up, and then apparently BMO has the ability to do a video call yeah. and it, Jake is on a call with president porpoise. <laughs> yeah. So much random bullshit in this episode and Although, it's all a home run. <laughs> he does come back president porpoise. Yeah. There's a whole episode yeah. about president porpoise. Um, the, the thing about it though, it's not necessarily random. It feels world building almost to let you know because I feel like in some of these, you, you just go, sometimes you're watching a cartoon. It's like, well, what is, J- okay, Finn's going to go out for frame Prince. It's like, what is Jake doing? And you always, you just kind of go like, well, doing, he's doing something or whatever. But he's not just waiting for Finn to get back. I like them almost addressing that and being like, okay, while well, he's doing that and Princess Bubblegum's doing this, Jake's going to be talking to President Porpoise on here. <laughs> and it, it, it gives like a richer life to Jake like you know like those little moments you just know and he's making bacon pancakes it's not like he's waiting or it's like he's moving on with his life I I like the acknowledgement of of a rich life for each character at all times um whereas sometimes like I was watching an episode of regular show and Rigby and Mordecai were doing this whole fucking thing now in this season they're in space or whatever so you can't do it but then Eileen is just sort of like in a field reading a book and when Rigby comes up, which is fine, 
but and it is okay and like you see things like that or like a character's watching tv and they're just like relaxing or at home uh which is what people do i know but i like i kind of like no jake's got a whole like there's a whole other thing going on like you can almost do probably do another episode whatever the hell jake and president porpoise are doing yeah just because you're not watching at that moment doesn't mean that they're not doing something important yeah or something's (laughs) not happening yeah so i really like that i mean baking pancakes is quite random It, it really does make you wonder this is probably just a really fun throwaway song I, I was thinking about that today when I was rewatching the BMO pregnant song and I was trying to think of like, man, they, I don't, this is so deep and the, the choice of the words and the phrasing is, is so odd and perfect. And <laughs> I just wonder if like it became practice in the writer's room or whatever, where it's just like one upping each other with a crazy song, you know, like how do we come up with a crazier, uh, song for the show and like maybe bacon and like maybe they someone has bacon pancakes and they're like oh here's a great who has a jake song like we have and they probably just have a list of jake songs like we could put one in here and they're like bacon pancakes <laughs> yeah yeah there could it the show is great because at any moment you could just throw one of those in there and it would be entirely appropriate yeah it would be really appropriate no Which i has a writer does anyone know Oh, it says uh, is it Rebecca, Rebecca Sugar? Sugar yeah. yeah. <laughs> and produced by Tim Kiefer. Yeah, he does all the scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's so much that can just like happen that seems random, but also totally acceptable. Yeah. The This is a little bit related. So... We've, we've talked about how Adventure Time seems like such an open world concept um, where you can kind of go off and do anything and uh, anything can happen. I, I think what's maybe a little bit more artistically uh, satisfying about that is that, yeah, anything can happen, but really any story can be told. Mm. Yeah, there's a plot, there's a continuity, but episode to episode, arc to arc, you can tell any kind of story. You can get across any kind of message. You can use any kind of th- thematic imagery or whatever you want. And it will fit within the framework of Adventure Time. It's like they didn't just create a story. They created a framework to be able to tell whatever story you want. Mm, yeah. Uh, which I heard, I think, I'm pretty sure it was Mark Bernardin uh, talking about Neil Gaiman's Sandman is where I heard that concept is like, you're not necessarily telling a story. It's like, you're creating a framework in which to tell whatever story you can think of. Um, Cause uh, Sandman is widely regarded as one of like the best comics of all time. I've heard this. Um, and they're starting a Netflix show. Soon. Worth a read for me. Um, I would say yes, but it's also not like, I, I feel like Sandman is dated. I feel like the writing style dates it to like the late eighties. Uh, cause it really was the first comic of its time to attempt what it was doing. Um, I haven't read the whole thing. I've read like the first five trades. Um, but it's a very interesting story because issue to issue, you'll get completely different scenarios, different characters, different themes, 
totally different stories. And then I think later on he connects them and, and finds a way. But uh, what was so innovative at the time, late 80s, early 90s, was not so much that there was this cool continuity of this plot and these characters that were doing this thing. Neil Gaiman just sort of whole cloth created a framework and then took whatever time he needed to tell whatever story he was in, invested in at, at, at that moment. Um, and Adventure Time excels at that. Yeah. I wonder if that was really, they thought about it like that at the beginning or if it just, they kind of open lucked into it or developed it. Um, I mean, the first season doesn't necessarily feel like that, but as the show goes on, it definitely does. I immediately what comes to mind is what's the, the episode we haven't done the podcast yet, but the one with, uh, it's like the sodas, like, uh, root beer and, um, um, dealing with like a widow situation. Oh yeah. Mr. Mr. Root beer. Right. Like, yeah. Mr. Root beer. Right. We're like. He dies and then his wife remarries, but then he comes back to life. And, right. And she has this new life uh-huh. with this other guy. And, and right. Yeah. There's no Finn and Jake. It's just this one off self contained yeah. root beer guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the season five, episode 43. Uh, or is that, is that the one I'm thinking of? I, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Cherry cream soda. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And well, I guess th- that just comes to mind because you go, they were able to do that kind of a story, which is incredibly sad and kind of serious dealing with loss in this show. And that it did, I mean, it felt a little weird, but it, it was fine. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's a really cool, uh, concept. I love that. Um, Eric, did you see the snail? Uh, yes, I saw the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? No. Yeah, it was very quick. Where was it? Uh, it was in Princess Bubblegum's chamber when she was getting back from the treehouse and she was about to go pour over her books like for whatever like analysis of the Flame Princess situation. Um the establishing shot where she slams open the door and runs in mm. it's there for like a second the snail is on the archway of the door oh man and then the next shot like a second later is like she's in the room proper like going through a book i was i was looking for it too but that one hit me um you kind of need snail vision sometimes like if you just watch it you <laughs> might get it but if you know what i mean like if you're actually like snail vision is like Establishing shots coming, and I'm going to do a quick zoom around. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's what I've learned. All right, anyway, there's a song. One second, one second, I'm sorry. Eric Dano. Um, if you're enjoying the show, thank you. Yeah, we're gonna do miscellaneous <laughs> media, but I just wanted to say that thank you for listening this far. Thank you. Thank you. There's things 
yes, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of like things to note. You know, I'm trying to see. Yeah, Rebe- well, let's just say Rebecca Sugar and Cole Sanchez wrote and storyboarded this. Um, we've done a lot of Rebecca Sugar episodes. I hope we're not we're not running low. I should pull up a list. Yeah, it doesn't seem like she did that many, but she didn't do that many. She just did so many like memorable ones. Uh, I'm looking at the list. I mean, max twenty something. Yeah, twenty seven. We've done max ten, so we've got some time left. But I guess it's gonna happen one day. It says Finn's girly scream was first heard in this episode. Hmm, that doesn't make sense. We're in season four. He I, never screamed before. Well, I I don't even really know what they mean by quote girly scream. I don't remember a a different sounding scream. Yeah, it's got to be in other episodes before this. That doesn't make sense. No. It's funny. Sometimes you look at the uh, stuff they have on here, and you're just like, I don't know if this I'm, this really even counts as a trivia. <laughs> yeah. It's more of an observation. <laughs> yeah, that happened. This episode had over 3.5 million viewers, which was the highest rated episode of the series. Ever or up to that point? Uh, certainly up to that point. Um, it broke the record that was set by Fiona and Cake. Wow. Did they ever get more than three and a half million? That's a good piece of trivia right there. How is this really like the highest rated episode? Where is that in here? Under trivia or below that? Uh, yes, in trivia. Uh, so a rerun of this episode aired on Cartoon Network on April 1st of 2017. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like, all of the Cartoon Network shows that day had April Fool's jokes. And they put googly eyes on all the characters in this episode. That seems like it would take a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Holy moly. Can't believe that. I'm trying to find that the highest, see if they have the highest viewed. I'm Googling episode of Adventure Time. Oh, so we talked about the title card with Princess Bubblegum crying over the pictures of Finn. Uh, that's like a reversal of the title card for Incendium, mm. where Finn was crying over photos of PB. So I think, I think given that. The title card is maybe meant to be a conceptual misdirection. Yeah. Rather than an actual depiction of, of something that's going on, whether a metaphor or not. I th- yeah, I think that title card is if you have the like the referential knowledge that it's it's a reverse of Incendium's title card, I think it's sort of a red herring. Yeah. I'm not finding there's a good uh, a good one of uh, a list of the, the like the ratings anywhere. I think it's on the Wikipedia page. The episode list of Adventure Time episodes. It's on the list, yeah. It should be one of the categories. Maybe you can sort by it. Fiona and Cake, three point three million so far. Burning Low, three point five. 
Finn the Human in season 5, 3.4. Wake Up in season 6, 3.3. Ooh. Not. Ooh, season 7, much lower ratings. 1.87 is the highest. Frog seasons. 1.3 and 8 is the highest in season 2. Season 8, season 9. Wow, season nine, not, none of the episodes got a million viewers. Dang. Season 10, point nine two. Okay, um, it looks to me like this is the highest viewed episode of Adventure Time ever upon, I guess that would be for the original air date, like the premiere date. Yeah. I uh, suspect that... the declining viewership throughout the series run has a lot to do with the increasing status of the show as like a cult show Mm -hmm. and the proliferation of streaming services in general. A lot of factors. I'd be interested to see like, I would, I would just venture that a lot of shows were going down at that point. Uh, in, in, especially of the original air date. Right. It it seems like a majority of people that know and love this show have watched it on streaming services rather than mm-hmm. original air dates. Yeah. Most people. Yeah. Like everyone we've ever talked to about the show. I've I for one have never seen an original air date of any of these episodes. Yeah. I saw a couple. That was it. Um Yeah, what year did this release? 2013. Probably peak December 2. Peak uh, actual like TV. Oh, actually, no, 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 that's that's wrong. That's wrong. I can tell you. Oh, burning. Twenty thirteen. Twenty twelve. July thirty. Okay. Yeah. So this is like yeah when it's like starting to hit its peak within mainstream visibility and stuff. Yeah, and streaming was was still basically just Netflix at that time. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's a good piece of trivia. You're gonna have to edit that section a little bit, but uh, <laughs> good, good piece of trivia. Yeah. Um, sweet. What are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch? Let's go! It's the episode. Two thirty-five. The music hole. Season eight, episode. 10 235 the musical the musical you've not done that one yeah this is a fun one i think there's like a concert i think we see a lot of the characters play instruments that'll be fun we're music people yeah much to some of our listeners dismay (laughs) yeah making sure we didn't miss any uh emails i don't think so oh yeah Cool. Well, if you enjoyed the episode, uh, tell a friend, rate us five stars on whatever app you're listening to us on. You can go to uh, anchor.fm slash adventure guys podcast and actually give us a monthly contribution. Patreon style starts at a buck. Um, and then I would also say if any of you out there like have something you want us to do an ad for, we're like down to do that. I think we've mentioned that once or twice. Yeah. So like we're down 
after you did you see this now, we'll throw in a shout out to whatever your product, podcasts, Etsy store, whatever it is. Uh, we can work something out. You can hit us up at did you see the mail at gmail.com. Um, if you just want to say hello, you can email us too. That's fine. And, uh, yep. Yep. All right. Good at good episode at. 90. 90. See you guys. We're on the road to 100. Peace out, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>